1: Absolute sports betting degeneracy.
0: Hey everybody, Arch here, and I'm going to talk a little personal history before I bring in my guest, Mr. X. It all starts with Steve Zabin. Zabe's national show hit my market back in the day, and to a young Arch Stanton, he was such a breath of fresh air. My local sports talk guys were just nothing but blowhards, trying to make themselves seem like they were smart. They weren't. But then Zabe comes on the scene, and this was like talking to friends at the bar. His show was talking sports and chicks and electronics and what was on TV. It quickly became one of my favorite radio shows of all time. My favorite guest on Zabe's show was Mr. X. X would call in, and they would talk gambling. Just out in the open, talk gambling. And nobody was doing that. Now, X is a man of mystery. Very little is known about him. He's incredibly smart and can write thesis papers on bad managerial moves in baseball. He's also a pats fan, but we won't hold that against him. I mean this absolutely when I tell you that a Mr. X appearance on Zabe's show would always make me stop and listen always and I can say probably that if there was no X calling into Zabe, there might not have been an arch Stanton so it's my pleasure and honor to have Mr. X here talking baseball. Mr. X, thank you so much for doing this <laughs>
1: come on now i'm already here you don't gotta butter me up anymore
0: i guess the big question is how did you become mr x okay how
1: well i don't know if your folks are familiar but the steve show which was gosh top radio show for coming on 20 plus years uh started in the dc area and i liked it (laughs) i just uh I connected with Steve Zabin because I thought he was the first guy on radio back in like the late 90s, around 2000, where it used to be, don't you dare imply there's anything to do with gambling and sports. And Zabin was the first guy (laughs) that would talk about it. And it caught my attention. It wasn't, you know, everybody was a purist and didn't believe in fantasy sports and gambling and whatnot. And we connected um, locally in D.C. one time. At one of the shows, and then I started, I was always a baseball guy, um, had been doing very well in season totals for a decade or so, and in 2000, I sent him a write-up on my projections for the season, and basically, it went 6-0 and on the top plays, and really caught his attention as the guy that knew baseball. So the following year, he, I mean, he created this character because I didn't want to
0: be known
1: back then. And if you know Zabin at all, he's very good at playing with words and characters. And the first time he asked me to come on, I, I didn't really want him to use my name. When he brought me on, he had already created the character, Mr. X, mysterious Mr. X. And it just stuck. And 20 years of doing baseball season totals on his show. Um Put together hey I don't want to pack myself but 76 and 19 records over 20 19 years yeah so it very quickly kind of caught a caught a following and a lot of people were anxiously waiting for the season total picks every March and we did other various gambling segments throughout the year anytime things would come up with gambling they, they'd throw me on to kind of explain or what have you but um kind of as he calls it the dark arts um but I made the made the forte um, by picking the season totals, and you know anybody can have a good year or two. Pat myself on the back, but it was it's been a long run, 19 year run, um, hitting them hard. So that's kind of that in the Vegas trips that the show does, and developed a, a real he's got a very good following, um, more or less in pockets around the nation, various markets, and uh, I now do the podcast. Pretty much every Friday, the at Zabe Cast and uh, Mr X is on there Friday doing gambling segments, various things, stories, history, picks. I'm not a tout. Don't try to be a tout. Um, You know, some people would say it's 76 and 19. You're a tout, but I'm not. I'm a player, and I'll leave it at that. You know, I'm a player, and people like to hear the stories.
0: Yeah, those are facts. That's not that's not touting. Those are just facts.
1: It's been good to be on the air for so long. I'm not one of those uh, guys that appears on Twitter with an awesome track record for five weeks.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah. So you're not you're on the ZabeCast, and I'll put a link to that for sure. Correct. But you also have your own cool. your own uh, site,
1: website. Yes, yes. Last year, after 19 years of this, uh, just again when we started the podcast, wait, when he started the podcast last <laughs> year, I just decided it was enough. Enough was enough doing that, and we put together a website callmemrx.com, which just started out as a fun site. You know, there was a lot of links to some of the old famous shows. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of his listeners are not what I would call real hard players by any means, but they're interested and intrigued. There's some players, but it's mostly guys that are sports people that are interested in learning. So I started the site as kind of a resource, a little tutelage, you know, how can you play, People are afraid of internet shops if they have no place local. So, you know, a couple places that I know where I feel comfortable referring friends and family to. And just a little, you know, some history of who the character is and what we've done over the years and things like that. But then we started last year with, uh, let's call it by very popular demand, we started some various subscription levels, mostly for the baseball season. But we do football also. I would say baseball is about winning. Football is about fun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you, you you spend all year winning your baseball so that you can piss it away playing football oh, yeah, the ball. Yeah.
0: march Why madness not? you don't you, you dip your toes into that too right Is that recall
1: oh sure yeah, yeah. oh sure how can you not it's fun exactly. but that compared to baseball that's almost like gamble <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> that's always been my stance about march madness too yeah if you know about basketball yeah. you, you wouldn't fill out a correct bracket it takes a null it's, the, it's a complete insanity to fill out a bracket correctly
1: Sure. I actually don't do brackets. Gave them up t- many years ago because I find they cloud your vision if you're a gambler. I can't believe the number of times you go, people go, "Wow, I, I really like that team. I like them catching four, but I'm not going to bet them because if I do it ruins my bracket." Oh. I can't think like that. I can't <laughs> think like that. I got to throw the brackets out the window and leave the money where it counts.
0: Understood. So generally speaking, yeah. since we're on baseball and how you think, are you a scouting guy? Are you a Sabermetrics guy? Are you something in, the, in between?
1: You know, I can only say a little bit of everything or a lot of everything. I, was, I started as a data guy. I mean, I've been a baseball guy, let's call it, my whole life. I'm a good data person. I did that for a living in ways. And I, I started playing rotisserie league baseball in the early 80s and for 20 years, actually 19 years, you know, played in leagues where I could name every player on the major roster and about five or six deep in each farm. So I was a, a, you know, I was a baseball geek, but I was also very good with data. So I did my own homework, let's call it, for many, many years. But now there's so much data out there. Everything's available, point click on the internet. I think of it more like. I'm a Jack Welch fan. I don't know if you know Jack Welch, the GE CEO who just died mm. last week, who, who was the – you know, voted the top CEO of last century. And my point is a CEO sits in the boardroom and listens to all the proposals and has the instinct to say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right. That's more what I consider to be the key for me. I read everything. But just because a guy can throw all kinds of data at you, I read it and go, no, no. In fact, I lean the other way, if that makes sense. Mm. So I don't, it's no longer about doing your own homework. It's about reading everybody else's and having a knack for what resonates and works and what you think is fluff and doesn't work. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. You don't have to do your own homework. You just got to, you got to be like the CEO and be able to filter through it all.
0: And then compare that to what Vegas is throwing at you and, and see where the difference is.
1: Yes, exactly. I look at margins. I, I come up with ranges for every team where I, you know, if you say uh, the Orioles are going to win 57 games, well, that's stupid. But you can say, I, when I finish, I'll say, for example, last year, my number one pick last year was the Orioles. I think they were at 60, perhaps, but I had them in like a 50, 49, 53 range. So when the, your range is off, from the Vegas total, that becomes a big play.
0: Big play. Or, you know, you're, it, really, or you're really yeah, fucking it, wrong.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so far, so good. No, but you, you, but, you know, more often, yeah. than not, yeah. more, more often than not, you know, if a total is 80, uh, and I find that I'm you know, 77, 78, 80, okay, pass. you got to be able to pass a lot of them. Mm-hmm. you got to be able to pass most of them. And then the ones that are a little bit lean, and then you find the ones that you complete. And by the way, I, I think a better way to say it, if my number is way off, like that Orioles one last year, the first thing I do is recheck all your homework. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't say, oh, Vegas is wrong. Of course not. So when, when I find myself off from them, I start over and I look at it again. And sometimes you find, let's just call it stuff you overlooked, and sometimes you say,
0: no, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, you just, you just got to plant your flag and go for it sometimes. I agree. Exactly. All right, so I don't know how much individual game uh, betting you do in baseball. But if, I mean, if you can kind of clue us in a little bit, if we're looking at an individual game, is there something we should be looking at in your mind, like pitcher v. pitcher, run differential, ground ball rates? I mean, Is there any jump outs we should be uh, examining?
1: Well, I'm going to say it this way. Yes, starting pitchers are the key to the line. Mm-hmm. They're also the most overrated part to the line. Mm. You, you know, it, it's too easy to say, Two even teams. This starter is way better than that starter. As I like to say, it's in the number. But what I do, I do play daily baseball. I don't mm-hmm. tout it like I'm. A, I don't uh, promote it, rather, <laughs> on the website or anything, because individual daily baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of grinding to play a handful of games over six months' time. You don't have that in other sports. There's a lot of ups and downs, and it really takes, it takes a stomach for it and it takes some smarts. And when I do play it, I basically grade out games each day. Then I look at the lines. And if the team I like, lean towards, is a dog or a very, very, very slight favorite, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. If they're laying – Playing chalk, I just pass. Right. So what happens is you, you really have to grind your way to what I call a 50-50 play. Most of my plays every day are, you, hey, this game's a toss-up. You're giving me plus 125, 135? Thank you. I'll take it. It's a coin flip, and you're giving me odds. That leads to an awful lot of two and two, three and three days with a very, very small plus. But the good news is you can do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that leads me into a, I guess, a secondary question here, but I want to talk about my individual problem with baseball. I'm in the same boat. I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm eyeing up the underdogs as best I can. If one, if they're jumping out at me, I'm grabbing them and I do really well in April, May and into June. But then I start to recess back. I, I guess my question to you is, do I need to man up and eat some, a little bit more chalk or is Vegas getting that much better at their lines? What, what do you think? That's how I've noticed. I don't know if you're any different, but that's what happens to me every year. It seems like.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. I would say, first of all, no, don't eat chalk. Okay. That's, that's just as a general rule, if you're saying minus more than you're saying plus, you should back up and start over because it's just the favorites. There's, you know, obviously the odds are against you every day of the year, but if you're playing a lot of favorites, especially in baseball, even more so than other sports. I, I, it's just not going to be me. The best team in baseball each year wins 60% of their games. You know, I mean, that's obvious, but think about that. And compared to other sports where football teams go 13 and three and basketball teams, oh my God, you know, winning 89%. The Dodgers will win 60% of their games. They lose a lot of games and vice versa on the worst teams. There are not locks. I know there's never locks, but there are no locks in baseball. Compared to other sports. So, it really, in my opinion, if you sit there and go, oh, you know, the Giants today, they can't lose. You're crazy. Sure, they can. You know, the, the 100 loss team beats the 100 win team from time to time. It's really, to me, a matter of constantly taking odds and pluses that they give you and grinding it over time. In fact, you know what, you get, can I do a quick story? Yeah, but please. This was it, you just it just made me remember something. I used to back God, it's been over 20 years, had a group of let's just call it heavy hitters that relied on me daily. And I would send out to them what my picks were each day. The particular day that would change my life forever was like around June of I think 2000, maybe 2001. I sent out a, a flyer to these guys that said my pick of the day, and I had a name for it. I called it the start-the-bus game. It was a young pitcher on the Royals who I felt was needing badly to go back to AAA. He was not ready for prime time. They were playing the young uh, uh, Oakland A's team. Was, I'm struggling for his name, Durbin, something Durbin. I think Chad Durbin. And I sent it out, and I said, Oakland is going to hit Durbin so hard today, he might not even shower. He'll go straight to the bus and back to AAA, okay? So in the first inning, the A's did just that. The first two batters homeward. He left the inning after five batters, down 5 nothing. He got shipped to AAA that day. <laughs> the Royals came back. Royals came back and won the game 8-7. Oh, my God. So I not only had the guy saying he can't get the A's out, he couldn't get him out. He got shipped to AAA, but his team came back and won the game. And I was like, you know what? Baseball is a crap shoot. If you, if you can pick a guy who's going to get no outs in the first inning, Sheldon sent to the minors, and still miss the game, it's a hard game to pick.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm looking up Durbin I'll right never now. Forget that game. now point... Somebody's going to look that up and tell me I'm wrong. No, no, no. It 2000, looked... 2001. 2002, 2002 he was Chad Durbin. 11, uh, he, had an, he, he appeared in one game with an ERA of 11.88.
1: <laughs> yes, but before that when he pitched oh. against Oakland.
0: Oh, okay, well, he's had a lot of bad season with the Royals. I remember that name, yes. so yeah,
1: He did come back up a few years later and was average, but in the beginning. Anyway, I just remember. That's funny thinking I've never had a game more on target mm-hmm. and still, of course, miss it. So yeah. that's baseball.
0: But does Vegas get better at making their lines as it goes on? Oh, back to your question. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, back to your question.
1: I don't think so. Okay. I think when you get hot, if you told me that you did well early, yeah. I'd say you got blinders and rode the same teams too long. And didn't, I would say that you got bias and started going to the same well.
0: You're probably
1: right. That would be my guess. Okay. They didn't get smarter. You probably got done. You probably got yeah. done. <laughs> because, you know, Bill, when you pick a team and, you, and they win and they win and you love going to them, you know, that they're better than, you know, everybody thinks they are. Well, no, everybody knows how good they are and you can't keep riding them. Or, you know, when you pick a team that's losing, 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 and you suddenly have hit eight out of ten because they're on a bad streak and you think you know something they don't know. No, now you're now you become biased towards them. I think that that could very well that to me sounds more likely than the opposite.
0: I gotcha. So I do. I should do more self auditing. I got you. Keep it. Keep it. Try to stay honest. (laughs)
1: That's hard. Oh, this is like buy buy low, sell high. We can say it, but it ain't easy to do. (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, No doubt. Okay, so what about if we're looking at a high team? Let's you know, but it's not worth the money line. What about the run line? I'm not a fan of the run line, but I want to get your thoughts. Any good run lines?
1: Well, I'm a one of the things we talk about on the podcast a lot often is I have a lot of really good lessons in gambling rules. Unfortunately, I'm a better teacher than I am pupil, and I break my own rules all the time. I always say the pattern is make good rules, break them, then remember why you made that rule. Now, one of the rules I have is I will never play a run line in the National League. Really? I do not like national. League. If you now look, I'm I, I know data. I don't have it at my fingertips. The number of one-run games mm-hmm. in the National League is just much higher than the American League. Period. You you got lower scores, more likely to have a one-run win. Now, first of all, if you're talking, I've, I can't recall ever playing plus one and a half in my life. No, if I like no. the dog, I'm going to take them with the odds. The only time to ever play plus one and a half is maybe in some kind of edge position, like in a series or something where you're setting up a win-win. So of course I assume you're talking about do you lay the run and a half with a strong yeah, favorite, right? And I won't do it in the National League. I mean, if it's Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer and some pitcher who's 20 and four, damn, they still win a lot of three-two games, <laughs> you know. And I just, I just won't do it. If they get me an American League team where they tend to put up ten to four games, I will, at, at occasion, I'll lay the run and a half in the AL if it, you know, a strong hitting team where i really like the matchup and i think the pitcher can do it on his own i can see some run lines you know i'll lay the run and a half if it's some, you know, minus 240 game where the run line's 120 yeah i'll lay that i won't lay the 200 plus on any baseball game but i might if i really like the team i would never lay over 200 i probably would take the run line in the american league only
0: yeah but you generally re- speak. if you really really like the game i got you Yes. All right. Exactly. What about totals? I have a hell of a time hitting my accuracy with the over unders here. You, do you have any advice on that one? Wow.
1: I, I can't say I don't play totals. Yeah. But I can say I don't like them often. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know, and, and the reason is I can't tell you the number of times over the decades where I feel really in tune with a game and then I turn it on. And after one inning, I'm like, if I'd have known the zone this umpire has, I'd have been on the other side immediately. I honestly feel like totals are too dependent on the home plate umpire and how big or how small that zone is. It has more of an impact on the total than just about anything else. So unless you're dialed in on that, and I've never found really good data on umpires. I know there's a lot of sites that track it now.
0: <laughs>
1: Back to my boardroom thing, but I think they track it wrong. Really, and I've never. Yeah, I think they track it wrong, Um, and so it doesn't resonate with me. I don't like the data I've ever seen. They track it based on runs and walks that an umpire gives up. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You know, I used to say in the day, "Oh, look, this umpire is a low number." Well, yeah, he had Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson last week. I don't care. You know, the other guy had Chad Durbin and some other guy. (laughs) So I, I I, I don't, I don't want to see their averages. It's too integrated with what games they've had. And, you know, you have an umpire with a, a, a big zone or a small zone, it doesn't mean they're going to walk. The players know that. They adjust their zones right out of the shoot. So I feel like the walk data is very over. Where I think I think it's given way too much credit. Because if you have an umpire with a certain very big or very small zone, the players aren't shocked by it. They don't sit there and get punched out on strikes and go, oh, darn, I thought that was that was a big zone. They know that. They're better than that. So I've never liked the data. And I don't feel like that umpire necessarily helps one team or the other win a game. But I do think it impacts the totals, if that
0: makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does. So you're not talking like, oh, Cleet Blakeman's the referee. We should just hit the under because strange things happen <laughs> uh, under Yeah, Cleet. football is
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that. I, I know that there are people that say, oh, look, this umpire has gone under X times in a row. But knowing data like I do, I know that going under, you know, you can flip a coin four times and get heads. And you, Are you going to bet your ass the next one's a head? No, you know it can happen. It can happen. You can get three heads in a row. You can get four heads in a row. So so I think a little bit of caution there. But I do like betting totals, um, but I certainly don't do it nearly as much as size.
0: No, no, okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. What about the first five? you ever touch that?
1: Hardly ever <laughs> i think i I think I, th- I think that's more of a sucker play than most everything else. really? a sucker the play. reason? Yes, I do, because I take last year, okay, I'm in the d c area. Last year, early in the year, the nats bullpen couldn't get you and me out. okay. They were god-awful. The number of times I hear people go, hey, I got an, I play the Nats, but I play them the first five before they get to the bullpen. And you look at them like, really? You, you think you're the only one that knows that? I mean, you think Vegas is going, I didn't know they didn't have a bullpen. No. <laughs> so it's in the number. And every time you lay that half run with Max Scherzer um, for five innings, it's one-one after five and you lose. <laughs> I mean, they it just – its I don't – I feel like it's just you're really betting the starting pitching, which, like I said earlier, is obviously it's the most important player each day, but it also can be the most overrated component of the game every day. So you're really kind of pigeoning it down to just those five innings. And I always feel like the time you really love one team over the other in the first five, you'll find a line that takes you right off that play.
0: Mm. I got you. All right. Okay, so you're a Pats guy. I'm trying not to hold that against you, but I, I thought you might have some good <laughs> uh, insight.
1: They, they hate us because they ain't us. That's
0: okay. <laughs> oh whoa. Excellent. I'll, I'll talk to you about the Super Bowl this year. All you want. All, all you want.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. On Super Bowl Sunday, my wife asked me, "What time's the Patriots game?" <laughs> I had to explain they weren't in it this year. It does happen.
0: We're going to call it the Mahomes Bowl. Mahomes Bowl now, Exit Your your time's over. Okay.
1: I've heard that one before, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like, by the way, just like, as you said, Raven yeah. on that show, he's been predicting dem- Brady and Belichick's demise for five years, and as I say every year, you're going to be right eventually, and then hand me the whole idea. Like, so," Right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's got the balloons up there. Yep.
1: And when it, when it finally happens, you'll be, you know, it's really easy to say, saw it coming you know, and you lost a lot along the way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway. Oh, so, but the question I have, because I, I think you've got some uh, insight in, into this, whenever the you know Pats get like accusations of cheating thrown their way, they turn around to win Super we Bowl. We call that, we call that fake news. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Well, the <laughs> Astros don't have fake news. I'm loving oh, wow. this whole idea of the Astros in the future lines. I'm wondering if they're going to come out Patriot asking kick some ass. What do you think real quick about the Astros? I'm
1: short on the Astros. Sorry. Oh. They could win it. They're talented, but I'm not going to support you on that one. Oh, boy. And here's why. We okay. talked about that one just last week. I honestly, I, I see a lot of downside on the Astros this year. Mm. I, you, I won't, they won't have any of my money. I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to win their division and anything. And the one thing about baseball, as we know, is anyone can win a short series. Right. Getting there takes a good team. Winning a, a three out of five series, it you know, these series are all 55-45. Not like the other sports. Anyone can win a short series. Get the rotation lined up just right. You have, you know, it, everything changes. But I don't like them. Uh, I I see your point about, oh, they're going to come out with this us against the world kind of attitude all year. I've always said motivation in baseball means less than any other sport because other sports, adrenaline, effort, payback. Adrenaline never helps you hit a curveball. It just just doesn't. (laughs) It might help you in football, and it might even help you in basketball. You can be pumped up and us against the world all you want you got to make pitches, and you got to hit pitches, and I'm not sure that motivation really is going to matter. That's the upside. They're like, oh, us against the world, and circle the wagons, all those cliches, and play well. But at the end of the day, I want to see the impact on these batting averages. I think there's a big downside. I, I did a thing a while back, I called it the this was his name, Rusty Grimes, the guy in the Bull Durham speech mm-hmm. when Kevin Costner went off. If you remember that famous scene, he talked about one hit a week. Find one hit a week, and your average goes from 250 to 300. So all these things and all these efforts to quantify the impact of the of the tipping pitches, and they're all trying to dissect 10,000 pitches and say, you know, I don't see a big difference are guys that don't understand baseball where one hit a week moves you from 250 to 300. I'm real curious if that one hit a week is going to go away. And I see a downside to this team. I think there's a downside. So I'm not, they're too good for me to probably short, but there's no way I'm playing them. Gotcha. Okay. There's just, they're 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 such a variable. There's nothing that would shock me if, uh, you know, instead of hitting 330, Altuve hits 285, and, and Bregman hits two seventy. It wouldn't shock me. So I, I probably will sit that one out. But.
0: Okay. So you're going to Vegas soon, right? The, you said the Zabe. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: Yes. We always go for the Sweet 16 week. That's the, to me, that's the best week.
0: What's your favorite sports book down
1: there? Um, you know, I don't really give them my money. I'm not a pay in advance kind of guy. <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather run credit and do it later. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't yeah. like to. But you know, the, a book's a book. Um, you know that when you once you're out there, all the lines are the same. There's some are more fun to watch games than that's others. A, yeah, no that's a, Westgate
0: is. Yeah, is that your favorite yeah. atmosphere? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Westgate is, is is the best. It's the biggest. Westgate, of course, Westgate is not on the Strip. And that's why they are what they are. They're attracting sports players off the strip. Um, But they're a fun spot to watch the game. Uh, We are at MGM this year for a few days. Um, That's good, too. Um, You know, I don't don't know that the books are really a lot more fun than just the local pubs. (laughs) You know, to me, I just assume that one of the local pubs is not necessarily in the sports book. But it's it's definitely fun the week of uh, March Madness, that's for sure. Oh yeah.
0: Well, you're just sitting around the local pub taking all the morons' action at the bar, right? Is that is that you? Just to- <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I'm not that smart. No. <laughs> but I like I will. Uh... No, the first the first uh, first time I went out with these guys, I sat there. There was a group of twelve of them, and it was so funny because they kind of knew who I was. And I'm not a yellow and screamer. I'm not like, oh, this team's gonna win. I don't do that. And I sat right there the first night, and every guy said. Hey X, uh, you gotta like Kentucky tomorrow, right? I said, well, no, I'm actually on the other side. I got K State. Oh, okay. Because everybody wants to bet the big, big favorites up. there. Eight different guys in the dinner of twelve came up to me and said, you like Kentucky tomorrow? And I said, no, I like K State. Oh and, and every one of them bets Kentucky the next day. And of course, K State pulls the outright upset. And it's like, you know, I'm not gonna tell you you're crazy, but yeah, no, uh. Uh-uh. So i'm not one who's going to sit there and tell them they're wrong but uh the next day everybody says why didn't you tell us it's like really i told you 10 times i wanted the other side what can i do you know i didn't yell and scream but i said no i'm on the other side what else you want me to say so and they bet him anyway i remember sitting there and a guy that i just met now does a gambling show said who do you like in a different year kentucky or louisville and i said um that was when Louisville was a one seed. I think Kentucky was like an eight. I'm on Kentucky. I says, oh, okay. He Goes out to the window. He comes back, and we're watching the game in the pub. A group of about sixty of his, his guys, and I notice him cheering for the other side. Like, did did? So, what people do is they ask you who they like, hoping you'll say their side. And if you don't, they just bet it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he's so he's sitting there cheering and cheering for Louisville. And I was like, God, he's really into this. And, Finally, I found out he had 20 bucks on it. So I told him I'd give him 20 if he'd go over there and watch it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you need 20 here, go watch it somewhere else.
0: Yes. Love it.
1: Oh, man. But it's fun. That's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. So, all, states everywhere are starting to legalize it. I think we should, we should probably touch on this real quick. What's a mistake you see gamblers starting out, or what's something you would caution them against if they're, if they're just starting out here? Sports betting.
1: Well, okay, uh, I'm going to say two things. Okay. First and foremost, um, the biggest mistake any new person makes is to think, hey, look, that line's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more you think it's wrong, the more, as I say, go back and do your homework again. Mm-hmm. Somebody's hurt, somebody's something. Don't think you found a mistake. I mean, if, and take a football example. If, And I know if you're new, you maybe don't quite have this feel, but... If I think a line should be seven and it's four, I don't get excited. I think, okay, let me look at that again. You know, Why am I off? Don't, they're not wrong. Now, I would rather bet a minus four when I think the line should be four than bet a four when I think it should be eight. I don't know if that made sense. I mean, it's like I, I, I'd love to – it should be – I'd love to take the extra points, but – don't ever think that it's in the wrong place. If you think it's in the wrong place, that's like the poker game where you look around the table and you don't see the sucker. <laughs> uh, that means that you, if you think it's a bad line, don't run to the window. That, that's that's the first mistake people make. Oh, hey, that one's that that's off. Let me have some of that. No, that that's wrong. Um, the, uh, but more importantly than that, the second thing, and this, the more that we have legal casinos and excuse me, sports betting. This probably will go away, which is a good thing for younger, newer gamblers. But that is nobody gets buried. Should Let's rephrase that. Few people get buried when they pay up front. But it's when guys are allowed or extended credit per se that they start playing catch-up. That's when new gamblers get in trouble. Does that make sense? You know, you lose three, four, five in a row and you try to get it. Trying to get it back is what most what causes most trouble. What I mean by if you have to go to a window and hand them cash, you don't usually play catch-up. But when you can play catch-up on paper is when you play catch-up too hard, and that's something you just don't ever want to do. Throw it out. You you hit a bad streak. Throw it out. Start over. Stick to your guns. Don't quit, but don't play catch-up. Yeah. That's the biggest
0: thing I would always Oh, I love that advice. Don't chase. God damn it. Don't chase. Don't chase. chase. Yeah.
1: Don't chase. And you can chase when it's, you know, point, click and, you know, settle up later. You can't chase as well when you got, as I say, reaching your pocket. Yeah. So the more that the young kids have to go to a casino, they they don't chase as much now, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, last question for you here, so we are a show about right. degenerate gamblers. You've been married with a family for for quite some time. What's the secret here? What's the secret to balancing work, family, and uh degeneracy?
1: Wow, who says balance is important? Where'd that come from
0: <laughs>
1: let's let's re let's reevaluate the goals here. No, um okay, I got a couple ideas. First of all, I don't know about balance. you know it is what it is. And I would say this. Hmm. Yeah, now my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. I would say this. In the early days, when I was first dating my, wife, you know, she knew that I was playing games. But I told her right away that I was superstitious, and I said, whenever somebody announces how much money they have on a game. I'm going to lose. You just, I'm going to lose. So from day one, she understood the superstition and that set a great precedent for the next thirty, forty years. <laughs> so to her, there's no, no secrets. It's all superstition, honey. <laughs>
0: so, there you go. I like it.
1: And she would sit there in the early days, watching Monday night football going Miami. Wait, I thought you were for the jet. Oh, I get it. It's that over thing. <laughs> You'll find me cheering for both teams. But no, but it's to, took balance. You know, as long as it's a hobby, I always say it's a hobby. Uh, just like anything else, I always say, you know, when you go out to the movies or you go to dinner and you drop two or $300, they never pay you back at the end of the evening. They always keep your money. But if you're playing football, sometimes they give you money and sometimes they give you more. So it's a hobby like any other hobby. As long as you keep it under control, it's a hobby like any other hobby. And sometimes you win every other hobby and things you do for entertainment they don't give you money so that's why i say it's the best hobby if you as long as you're smart enough to keep it a hobby when you when you go and eat dinner you don't say i lost 300 tonight you just you know you're paid that's what going out for the evening costs. so same thing sunday afternoon football from time to time
0: but hopefully you win more than you lose that's the plan hopefully so that's what i like it yep very good. So your site again, it's call me, Mr. X, call me, Mr. X.com. Yes. Thanks. Right. It's, uh, it's got a, a lot of little, baseball?
1: well, uh, right now we're ramped up for the baseball season. Just went live this week with some of the packages that people sign up for when they want to get info for the totals. It's pretty much all, but since I'm a total guy, you know, what do we got? We got less than two weeks before the season. So, um, you know, there's no, packages or subscriptions once it starts because everybody that's followers of ours wants all the data before the season and signs up before the season but yes other than that it's a, just some fun gambling info but as far as getting baseball let me, you want to do that before the season starts of course it, there's nothing okay. we don't do anything daily during the year
0: gotcha this clock is ticking on us so we need to get over there there you get go signed up i got you
1: but as i always say only bet as much as you can afford to
0: win everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day, that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun yeah, you get it every time